how to build trust and a good rapport with someone very quickly, how to navigate situations that don't go as planned, how to overcome your own frustration and self-doubt, how she has negotiated every single contract that she's ever had by herself, the importance of giving yourself grace and so much more coming right up. This is episode number 421 with reporter, broadcaster, and digital content creator, Kate Pedersen. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Best You Podcast with me, your host, Nick Carrier. At Best You, we exist to help individuals get closer to the best version of themselves because when they do, they are better off, their friends, family, community, and the world are better off because of it. One way we do this is through the 10-week transformation where we help people build the healthy habits that transform their self-confidence, their body, and their life. If you're interested in building self-confidence and healthy habits, then go to nickcarrier.com slash 10 W-T. Again, nickcarrier.com slash the numbers 10 and then W-T. Today, I'm super pumped to introduce you guys to Kate Pedersen. Kate is a reporter, broadcaster, and digital content creator who loves sports. She has followed in the footsteps of her father, who was the acclaimed broadcaster and former professional football player, Leif Pedersen, and has expanded her reach into the digital realm. Now, whether it's hosting, reporting, or creating engaging content, Kate is always immersing herself. She's always doing something. She's established herself as a versatile, multi-platform reporter and producer who most recently has been reported in broadcasting with the NHL franchise, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Vanderbilt Boys baseball team here in Nashville. Before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and be sure you share the episode with a friend while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Kate Pedersen. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. I am super excited today to be joined by the one and only Kate Pedersen. Kate, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Kate is is here in Nashville, so we're we're not that far apart, but uh, doing it via Zoom today. Really excited to be joined uh, by Kate. And the way I kind of want to start off today, I will have already kind of talked about a little bit of your background as a reporter and a broadcaster. And I know that probably one of the biggest things that got you into it was the fact that your dad played a little bit of professional football, and then he was a broadcaster as well for the CFL, the Canadian Football League. And so talk to me a little bit more about kind of at what point during your upbringing and maybe early adulthood did you realize that this is something that you wanted to do as well and you wanted to experiment with as a reporter and broadcaster? So it was actually really late, but I will say that the foundation was kind of set throughout my childhood because I spent so much time on the road with my dad, going to games with my dad, hanging out in the press box. And that's actually one of my worst, best jokes is that at a certain point, my love for the game developed because originally it was just that the press box in Toronto has the most unreal popcorn. (laughs) That is what brought me to the games. I love the popcorn. It's still there if you ever get to go. But then I developed a passion for 
the game of football and for everything I was involved in or, you know, all of those very unique experiences, getting to be there on a professional level as a kid, just tagging along. But it was actually in July, heading into my fourth year of university that my when my dad passed suddenly, it was like, okay, this is it. I was in the middle of a political science degree because I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. And I thought that poli-sci left the doors open for a lot of different opportunities. A lot of people go on to law school, marketing, et cetera. And so that was it. That was, he passed away and I just went, okay, let's shuffle, let's make it happen. And so I actually moved all of my electives to be business electives online because I felt that those would support, again, anything I did. And online gave me the flexibility to do other things with my free time and gave me more free time outside of the classroom. So I interned at a local radio station and that got things going. And it was just jumping on to do a little spot with them. And then I was kind of like, hey, I'll, I'll come Tuesday. I'll come Wednesday. I'll come Thursday. And then they couldn't really get rid of me. So they started giving me my own spot on different shows and, uh, it just kind of spiraled from there. Yeah. Were you always somebody who was pretty outgoing? And when you first got your that first spot on that radio station, did it seem kind of natural or were you super nervous going into it? Or tell me a little bit about your comfortability around kind of having your own spot or being in the kind of spotlight, if you will. I think I just, I don't even think about it when that moment kind of happens. So I can be a little bit shy in public settings, which is probably surprising because I'm a bit of a, a big energy and a personality. But at the same time, I love people and I'm very comfortable around people. So I think going into that moment wasn't overwhelming for me because it was just, I was kind of immersed in the cool factor. This is such a neat opportunity. And we were talking about stuff that I had no position to speak on, you know, like giving some guy dating advice for Valentine's Day. I couldn't even get my own dates, but here I am Googling like best tips for a great Valentine's Day. And then I pop on the show and talk about it. So I think just, you know, it was a relaxed setting. It wasn't like a pressure filled moment. They were just letting me pop on. And I think that probably played into my ability to succeed in some of those roles because it was just letting me be me. And And it was a unique opportunity in that sense that you could dip your toe where there weren't a lot of boundaries or rules for specifics of what you could say, what you couldn't say, and the subject matter. We kind of just rolled with it. And I came up with a new silly idea every week. And it was so fun. I actually kind of want to dive into that just a little bit further, because I think a lot of people, when they go into jobs, you know, a lot of times they're told what their job role should be and they're told what their definition of success should be. And I think oftentimes that actually is good because a lot of people struggle with defining success for themselves. I I think the most difficult, but my favorite part about being an entrepreneur and having my own business is the fact that I do have to define success for myself every single day because no one else is telling me what the next steps for the business is besides myself. And I say it's the most difficult because it's kind of like, I don't really know if this is the right next move, but it's my favorite because I get to decide the next move. And so it sounded like you have a little, you had some like freedom and flexibility and it sounded like you really enjoyed 
the ability to kind of define what you were going to talk about on a, any given day. Did you, did you kind of like that freedom and flexibility? Absolutely. I think sometimes we get stuck in, in a rut. And I think, especially as someone in a creative field or a field that you can be creative, social media, a little more flexible than in some of my specific reporter roles. But I think sometimes we can get caught up in what we think other people want to see or want to hear about versus what is the storyteller in me wanting to bring out? And a little bit off topic is, is into another job. You know, some of my team reporter roles, a lot of people are like, oh, well, like, don't you want to be a reporter for a network? And I think one of the best parts of being a reporter for a team specifically is we're the media, but we're not the media. We're not the mean media that are out to like dig and get some sort of hard hitting story. No, we're there to like showcase our people and tell those stories. And so because of that, I think it's an advantage that you get to break the barrier down a little bit and get the real personalities to come through, especially in some of these like, you know, really tough media trained hockey players, you get this like really fun side and we've done some really cool pieces. So I think being able to check yourself is very important. And I remind myself, I have a couple notes posted on my fridge that remind myself of a couple of things that I've been working on personally, but I think being able to check yourself and say, hey, if you really think this is a great story or this is something that you really want to do, roll with it. The worst that happens is, it, well, unfortunately, we have analytics, but it, it isn't as well received. You know, roll with the punches instead of always. I feel like it's easy to get caught in worrying what, especially online and in the digital world where it's everyone's so critical and it's easy to be critical at the click of a button. Remind yourself you're, you're there doing it because you're good at it. And you love it. So just roll with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I kind of want to dive into how you talked about breaking down the barriers. And I think that is one of the things I hadn't ever thought about before. When you are a reporter for a specific team, you're not the media, the media where they just kind of want to, they are trained to give kind of surface level answers to where people don't have the ability to really dive deep and, and get to know them. Talk about what are the different things that you do kind of maybe leading into an interview or when you're starting a relationship or a conversation with a particular player to make them feel comfortable around you so that they do feel comfortable opening up. And just kind of before that question, you know, you were the reporter for the Edmonton Oilers and NHL team and, and Vanderbilt boys baseball teams so I'd kind of preface that. What are some things that you kind of do to make them feel comfortable so that they are really willing to open up with you and be their true self with you? I think number one on my end is how I become comfortable is I'm an over-preparer. I am a chronic over-preparer. And I would say that I will go into a game, an event, an interview, and probably use 1% of what I've done in could be 15, 20 hours of prep, depending on what it is. You know, sometimes it's only three or four if it's a quick sit-down interview. But I think that gives me the confidence to not overthink in the moment. And I think that brings a really good energy into any sort of sit down experience. And then with that is I've probably uncovered some sort of little tidbit or some common ground, because at the end of the day, a lot of these athletes 
rightfully so, they are unbelievably skilled athletes. So they should be on a pedestal in that regard. But I think that the human aspect is often taken away when it's a stat line or, you know, this guy skates this fast or scores this many goals in a season. Look at what he's done since he's been a rookie. It's like, well, how has he evolved as a person since he was a rookie? You know, he got a dog. He married the girl of his dreams. He did, you know, started a charity. They all do a lot of really cool things off the ice. And I think in playing to that team reporter versus media as well, we get a little bit more opportunity to have some of those candid conversations. And I'll lean on uh, some advice that a fellow broadcaster in Edmonton gave me. He said, take advantage of every moment you're in that room. If someone's sitting alone in their locker, go and introduce yourself, say hi, and build that personal relationship. Because then when you're sticking a mic in their face, you're not just the girl with the microphone. You have a bit of a relationship. So I think when I start an interview or when I get that little tidbit of time prior to an interview where you get them off camera, the camera's not rolling, there's no microphone, just to have a quick, candid conversation that really softens the mood, the situation. And I think that even though those are teeny tiny little moments, you do build a lot of trust in those moments. And I think you also solidify your place in that you are not out to get them. You are not the mean, nasty, you know, there's a lot of, of negative around everything that everyone does. And, and so I try to like reiterate the positive. We're here to have fun. We're here to tell stories. And if I can pitch a really fun, lighthearted content idea every so often, they love them. And it, it really, you know, kind of threads all the angles through. We've got the hard hitting. We're talking the game story. It was a tough loss. And then two days later, we're doing something cool for charity. And how fun is that? Yeah. Now, I'm sure they like mixing up the the content from the monotony of just getting asked similar questions over and over again. But I think one of the things that you said is really important is, you know, establishing common ground or uncovering some sort of tidbit that is about them personally. And I think that's really applicable for anyone listening, no matter what it is that you do, because no matter what it is that you do, you're going to be needing to establish some sort of relationship to make that other person more comfortable to get that person to trust you, whether you're interviewing for a job, whether you're interviewing somebody else for a podcast, like do your preparation so that you kind of almost already know going into it, what kind of common ground you can establish with that person or what kind of personal tidbit that you can mention to them or bring up with them to lighten the conversation and kind of decompress that person right off the bat. Totally. And, you know, a random tidbit, it's been talked about a little more in the past few years, but I'll give you an example. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the Edmonton Oilers, he has racehorses back home in British Columbia. I love horses. So I went in with, oh my gosh, have you ever been to this horse race? I love it there. You know, just something completely unrelated. It had nothing to do with hockey, nothing to do with his performance or, you know, what he was going to do in the next three game homestand. Doesn't matter. So we had that as like a little silly tidbit, but now it's like, oh yeah, how was, how was the race you went to on the all-star break? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like you said, he lets his guard down right away and, and makes him feel 10 times more comfortable with you to kind of transition more into kind of the grander, the bigger scope of your career. You've had a lot of different roles and a lot in sports. Is there any particular maybe situation or experience that you learned the most from, or maybe a mentor that 
you learned the most from that you really felt like gave you a big boost in your own competence as a broadcaster or as a reporter? I think the one thing that I've learned through all of this is that it's never going to go as planned. And Mm -hmm. that could be a day-to-day thing. That could be a month-to-month thing. I think that being able to, you know, rejig the plan and not put all sorts of weight on, on one specific opportunity is, is one of the biggest lessons through the past few years. And I think a lot of us have dealt with that in different regards with COVID has been, you know, the biggest challenge for me the last few years. And and the biggest lesson that I've learned is just being able to you know, keep on trucking and it's not going to look like you want it to look or, you know, I took that job in Edmonton five months later, the world shut down for a pandemic. So I think that's the biggest thing I've learned overall in the last few years. And in terms of mentors, I think there have been a handful over the years that I've learned a lot from. And I think in different areas and sometimes they haven't been had anything to do with sports or sports media. And I think that that plays into this evolution of the digital world and the landscape is that all of our worlds are kind of intertwined. So I have a very close friend, Mariah, and she is a producer, director, writer, and filmmaker, nothing to do with sports. And I just find that in the last few years, I found it so much more important to have a small group of friends who are in similar fields, not the same fields, that I can bounce ideas off of. And and sometimes it's even negotiating a contract. Hey, have you ever looped that into your contract? So I think being open-minded has really helped in the last few years, allowing me to grow even when my career has been stagnant, so to speak, you know, on the surface, you know, we're in a pause. It's a pandemic. No one's working or, you know, I'm working from Zoom in my living room and not really interacting with athletes. But I would say actually this friend Mariah has been one of one of the most phenomenal supporters of me and sounding boards and, you know, an advertising producer, my friend Sarah, all of that. Um, But big, big names. Pinball Clemens is one. I don't know if, if as many Americans would know him, but he's a legend in Canada, Michael Pinball Clemens in the Canadian Football League. He has been a supporter from day one. And then Michael Landsberg, he used to host a show called Off the Record. Uh, Now he's focused a lot on his charitable arm. It's sick, not weak. But Michael Landsberg, I remember very, very early on in my career, I went and I shadowed him. It was, you know, take a kid to work day. So my dad set it up and I went with him. And this is a guy hosting one of the top sports talk shows in Canada. And one of the first things I learned is he's dyslexic. So when you think about what goes into a show and the writing and the reading and the prep and all of that, I thought, wow, he has to overcome a massive hurdle every time he sits down for his everyday job. And I really, really respected, and it it plays back into some of the stuff that I was saying about relationships. I really respected the way that he established relationships with his guests. And you could see the genuine passion and love for the opportunity to be on their show that was on his show that was reciprocated by them. So it was just his 
unique ability to just form these relationships with so many different guests from all different backgrounds, walks of life, sports, careers, et cetera. And I think that that was, he was one of the first people that I really leaned on in the industry when my career was starting. And it's pretty remarkable that that one main takeaway has kind of filtered and and continued throughout my career as something that's been so important. And it's similar advice to what so many others have given me along the way as well. Yeah, I I think that last part is cool. And when he expresses his gratitude for people being on his show and then they express the same sort of gratitude to be on the show, I think that's very rare for people who get asked to be maybe interviewed all the time or go on shows all the time to express that level of gratitude to, to somebody else to have them on that show. So I think that's very telling to him and and obviously a big, it was a big message for you to to build the relationships in the right way. And then I really liked what you talked about when at the beginning, when you said it's never going to go as planned. And I think that is so key to be flexible and, and have some malleability with yourself because I'm a big planner. I'm a big, this is my goal in a few years and, and I want to get here. But I think while it's super important to set goals, it's as important to realize that it's probably not going to go as you planned out and be willing and, and able to be flexible with it. So talk. I want you to kind of talk about with how have you kind of like mentally, emotionally, or like practically been okay with things not going maybe as planned? Yeah. And when they don't go as planned, how have you kind of practically or mentally or emotionally been able to handle that in a, in a way that maybe some other people don't have the ability to handle it? We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020, and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it, and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. My name is Chris Goddard, and I joined Nick's 10-week program to challenge myself to make myself uh, a little better and, and perform at a higher level, uh, really in the weight room, so that I can you know, help others outside of the weight room. Yeah, the, the results of the program for me has been um, identifying smaller steps to make a bigger goal. By creating these smaller steps, I've been able to hold myself more accountable to get to that future goal that I'm, I'm wishing to get to at the end of the 10 weeks. Results have been, uh, you know, mixed bag because, you know, you live a human life, which you know, there's things that people throw at you that kind of draw you away from your goals during it, but it's all about trying to get back on track and, and try to make the next week better and perform at a higher level. You should join the next 10 week program. Work in progress. We are, we are navigating that on a day-to-day basis. I actually, the one quote that is up on my fridge, and I'm, I'm not going to quote it directly, but Sunny Lee, the U.S. gymnast, there's one portion of this quote that she posted, and my focus right now is on giving yourself grace because I'm a doer. Like you, I'm a planner, and I try to fit 3,000 things into every single day of the week. And sometimes, more recently, I've been been getting better at it, catching myself and just saying, hey. If you only do three things today, A, it's probably more than a lot of people, but B, it's okay. 
and then you'll do 12 tomorrow and we, you know, it'll all even out. So giving yourself grace has actually been one of the big things that I've been reminding myself. And then also, I think I lean on some of the experiences that I've already had. And I kind of think, hey, it's easy when you're going through a transition. A, I remind myself that COVID was a global pandemic, global, global, not just the city of Nashville or Toronto or Edmonton, everyone dealt with it. So losing my job in that setting was completely out of my control. No one could have predicted it. I mean, even as COVID was unfolding in those first few days, we were like, oh, we'll be good by next week. You know, no one really knew. So I think back on things like when I was interviewing for the job in Edmonton, they picked me over other people. So I'm good. I'm talented. I've worked hard. I have the work ethic, the drive, the knowledge, the passion to do all of these things. So when I get caught in a moment of frustration because there's an opportunity I want and things are moving slowly or, you know, I'm in a new city, I'm new to Nashville and I don't have the same Rolodex of sports contacts here that I do in Toronto. I think back and I think, hey, I got this job. I got that job. I got that job. And look at me go. I've done all of that. I've never had an agent. I've negotiated all of these contracts by myself. There's a reason I'm here. Take a breath. Give myself grace. And then look at what I can control. Here are five ways I can stay afloat while I wait for this opportunity. And the great part of social media is there is a way to monetize it. So here I am this week, I'm working on a bit of a golf project under wraps, but I love golf. So here I am finding a way to monetize my passion for golf by working with partners that need content because I'm a good content creator. Sure. I'd love to be working my full-time reporter job. It's filling in, in between. And I lean on all the positives because they are endless cool moments in my career that are easy to forget when you're caught up and you're stressed and anxious about the unpredictability of the future. But I picked, I picked a career that doesn't have a lot of job stability. So that's on me. Mm. Well, that, that was awesome. There were so many, so many great things in there to touch on a few. You talked about, you know, giving yourself grace. And that's something that, like you said, I know it's a, it's a work in progress and I've gotten better and better at it too, because I inevitably fill my daily to-do list almost 99% of the time with more things than I actually have the ability to do. But I think it's a short-term perspective to get frustrated with yourself because you've got tomorrow. Like <laughs> you can do some of that tomorrow. It's going to be okay. And so I think that that was, that was really good. And then I really liked what you talked about when sometimes when frustration maybe comes in or maybe self-doubt comes in, recalling your past successes. Because I know that I've talked to people in sports in the past and they talk about when certain players are in a slump or certain players are really down with their performance and not playing really well. A good way to kind of hype them back up and, and build confidence and actually get them on the over, other side of that hump is to show them highlight reels of all the things they've done good in the past. Show them highlight reels of all the times they got hits, of all the times they scored touchdowns, all the time they made baskets, all the times they scored goals to get their confidence back up in themselves. And then inevitably their play is going to reflect that increase in confidence. So I really think it's important for people to recall your past successes if you are feeling frustrated or if you are kind of doubting your own ability. So I loved what you said there. 
yeah, it's a big, a big life transition. You know, I moved from Toronto to Nashville with no real plan. I sponsored myself for a visa. So I have a work Mm -hmm. visa now, but I really am starting from scratch. And if you asked me three years ago what the career plan was, well, you know, the career plan was to go to Edmonton, cover a nine month maternity leave, and then bounce right to another team because I'm rolling, I've networked and I'm in the mix. Well, the world shut down. And in Canada, we were much further behind places in the United States in terms of opening up and allowing fans to go back in the stands. So if you break it all down, there's no decisions to be made. It's dollars and cents. If no fans are buying tickets and going to the games, then the team doesn't have the money to hire all these extra people to promote the brand and the content, et cetera. So yeah, I just have to really remind myself often that I made a major life transition in the last few months, major. And I took a major risk and I always try to find the silver lining. And I think the silver lining of losing my job in Edmonton is that eight years ago, when I first visited Nashville to come to my cousin's wedding, I fell in love with the city. And for the last eight years, I've wanted to find a way to get here. And of course, getting a visa is a big hurdle. And losing my job in Edmonton gave me the opportunity to come here because I would not have left a full-time gig in the sports world to get in my car and drive with a full car to Nashville, chasing a dream. Sounds like I'm about to write a country song, but so there's a silver lining. I, I had some great experience crammed into that five months because I worked a lot, but now I mean, I wake up every morning in the city that I've always dreamed to be in. And how cool is that? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I want to touch on just a couple more things here. Uh, uh, Make sure I get you out of here on time. You know, you talked about how you have essentially negotiated every single contract that you've uh, agreed to up to this point in your career. Talk to a little bit about, like, I know that oftentimes it's hard for anybody to negotiate on their own behalf. But I've also learned through like psychology learning, but also just from experience that oftentimes females don't stand up for themselves as well as sometimes males do to negotiate on behalf of themselves. And so talk to me and and us about how you feel like you've grown the ability to negotiate on your behalf and, and, and be confident in potentially what you might be asking for. I think really I owe it to a few people that I lean on, especially right now, I have a few people in my life that I lean on significantly as sounding boards, voices of reason, et cetera. And some of those are in my field and some are outside of my field just to say, and and just to be open and candid, people I trust that I say, hey, I was thinking this, am I off base? Am I on target in terms of a price point or negotiating a social media deal? Here's what I do. Uh, I'm doing two static posts and five story slides. Is this the correct value? And then at a certain point, you've just got to trust in the value you've placed on, on yourself and your time. I know I provide deliverables on time. I know I do a good job. I know that I'm very creative, keen attention to detail so things won't be overlooked in a video. And you just have to trust in that. And then just go for it. At the end of the day, 
I mean, Nashville's a great example of put a price tag on it and they'll buy it. You know, I laugh every day when I see those little trucks drive by and everyone's dancing and partying on them. And, you know, they paid to go and someone thought they'd put a tractor and a wagon on Broadway. You just have to do a lot of it is is confidence and you lean on on people around you. And I will say one thing that I did during COVID that that we haven't had a chance to talk about, but you made me think of him through this process is. I wanted to stay fresh. I was unemployed. There was nothing going on. I was working, obviously, uh, little jobs on the side to pay bills, but I wanted to stay relevant and give myself a bit of purpose, which is challenging through the pandemic and the lockdown, et cetera. So I reached out to a gentleman named Noah based out of New York, and he has been my talent coach throughout this period. And we work on different things, sometimes He'll write a script and then we hop on Zoom and we go through it. And I'm working on my cadence, my delivery, and just all of this to allow me to grow without an actual job opportunity where I'm growing day to day. And so Noah has been fantastic because he's kind of come on as, yes, a talent coach, but it's evolved into him being a bit of a life coach. And he's got a wealth of experience in the same industry. So it's people like him and some of my girlfriends in the film industry that I lean on for career advice. And he's not afraid to say, you're not asking enough, or you are asking, you're asking too much, or I'd go with this and and be firm on this. So I think that it's got to be a team effort some of the way, because it's an individual job and we're alone on an Island, but it's a tough career. It's very objective we're under a lot of scrutiny because it's performance-based. So I really, sorry, it is very subjective. Someone could or couldn't, you don't know. There's no cut yeah. and cut. If they like you, they like you. They don't, they don't. So I think that I've really learned that you've got to support yourself with a team of good people around you to keep you current, fresh, on point, all of the above because it's such a gutless industry that that's the way you set yourself up for success. Surround yourself with good people that you can trust. And then that's that in essence is what your agent would do, but now you're not paying your agent. You're leaning on friends. And that's good. That's good. Um, props to you for seeking him out during COVID and still working on improving yourself and even kind of during a downtime. And I think that's a really, the other thing about just leaning on people, you know, other people, people hear that all the time, but don't take action on it. And I'm somebody who I struggle to ask for help sometimes when I should be, I actually have like on my to-do list right now on Friday to be reaching out to a few mentors to talk about setting up a routine call with a few of them once a month so that I can have that sounding board. And I think that's really important for a lot of people to do to to have people to to lean on and to discuss with and to help sound ideas off of so that you can hear whether or not you're, on the right base or not, or on the right, uh, the right track or not. So I think that's really key, but I want to make sure I, I get on one point here, just because I was one of the top reasons why I wanted to bring you on. And and after reading your blogs that you wrote a few years ago on the loss of your, your parents and, and especially your mom, I was, I was just moved by them and I thought they were really inspiring and they made me have a heightened consciousness around spending time and, and experiences with the people I love. So kind of just talk a little bit about, and it's obviously, you know, it was 
tragic when it happened is, and it's still tragic, but you talked about how earlier you look for the silver lining, you look for the positives. What are, what are some maybe silver linings and positives that you might be able to kind of take away from the experience of having lost both of your parents up to this point in your life? I, if I'm being completely honest now, you know, my sister and I talk a lot and, and we're very candid about it. You know, we ripped the bandaid off and that sounds horrible, but now we're watching our friends go through it and it is gut wrenching, you know, cause we're kind of getting to that age where some people's parents are getting older and we've kind of become those sounding boards and, and it's kind of our way of being able to, I guess you could call it give back, but be supportive and understanding and also a bit of a comfort for some of our friends that are, that are experiencing that. I think for me, I actually talked with someone about it yesterday. I've experienced both sides. My dad died suddenly and I didn't get to say goodbye. And I really wish I could have, but he didn't suffer. Well, on my mom's side, you know, she was given two months to live with stage four ovarian cancer and she lived eight and a half years. And I think about what we did in that eight and a half years. And I think, what would I have done if we only had two months? Like, how lucky are we? So it really does change your perspective overall. And of course, we get caught up in moments where we're human, you know, week to week where I'm so busy. And then all of a sudden, you've got to just check yourself again. Like All of this is checking yourself. But make the most of the time you have. Spend it with the people that you love because every day really is a gift. And my mom was a model of that in real life in that, you know, for eight and a half years, she did everything. She said yes to everything. And it changes your perspective to care a little less about material things and more about experiences. We tried to experience everything together. And in the last four months, when my sister and I moved home, to take care of our mom, there were horrible moments because of the side effects and the drugs and and all of that stuff. But we laughed and laughed and laughed. There were so many making light of a shitty situation moments and there's nothing else you can do. But I think the biggest takeaway from watching my mom is just like the passion, the fight, the zest for life. And I think if I could put even an ounce of that zest into everything that I do, there's no doubt I'll be successful because, you know, she was just like, I I can't even describe it. When people see how much I try to do and a lot of my friends joke, I'm the activity queen because I do a lot. I play golf. I play polo. I'm going to the gym in the morning. Then I'm doing, you know, a hike with friends, whatever. I try to fit it all in. And I love that. And so when I meet new people, they don't really get it. And then once they kind of hear about my mom or especially the friends that knew my mom, it, they don't blink. It makes total sense. Right. So I think I learned, you know, your, your days are numbered, do what you love. And, and I suppose that that's a testament to the grind that I'm in and what I'm doing right now is it's not sunshine and lollipops. Instagram makes my life look way more cool than it is, but I'm finding ways behind the scenes to pay the bills while I wait for the next big opportunity. And it's because on a Saturday night at midnight, when I'm in an arena, out of rank, at a stadium, I'm not thinking about all my friends being at a party that I'm not at. I'm thinking, 
how lucky am I to be here? 32 teams and I'm one of the reporters or, you know, so I think moments like those just solidify that I'm following my passion. My dad said my motto, passion drives performance. My dad taught me that. So I think I bring a lot more of my parents, even though I only had them for a short time to the table every day. And as I get older, I notice it more, but I just, I think I embody a lot of the things that I learned from my mom in those last few months. And I think a tough way to learn those lessons, but how thankful am I that my perspective is really not in a cheesy way, genuinely find the positive, make the most of it, take advantage of the opportunity. And Hey, might not be glamorous to be in Nashville, not working for a professional team or network yet, but I wake up every day loving this city. And I think I'm very lucky for that. That's beautiful. That's all. That's all awesome. So many great things that I could talk about there. But before I ask the last question here, Kate, I just want to acknowledge you for a number of different things for your ability to lean on the positives and, and find the light in situations and for your ability to, you know, set a plan, but realize that things aren't always going to go as planned and f- to have the both mental, physical, emotional ability to kind of wander through that with as much grace as, as we can and as you can. And and lastly, continue to just give yourself grace with all of these things that you're trying to do. And because I, you know, she loves horses, she loves golf, she loves high, like all these different things. Like, how does she have time to entertain all of these interests that she has? And so, just continue to give yourself grace. Like, obviously, get as much of it done as you can. But when you you can't, continue to give yourself grace. So. Um, I know that everybody's going to want to go learn more about you and support you. So you guys make sure to go follow her on Instagram. If you don't already at Kate Pedersen uh, with an underscore, that's K-A-T-E-P-E-T-T-E-R-S-E-N. And we'll have that linked up in the show notes. And you can go to her website at katepedersen.com as well. Um, is there any other good place that people should go to learn more and, and support you? Instagram's where it's at. And I've got some some cool stuff coming up. So I'm going to try to keep my summer busy. And if you like golf, there will be golf content for sure. But I'll try to thread some other fun stuff in there. Let's go. Let's go. We'll have to, uh, you'll have to show me how to play uh, sometime here pretty soon. Because <laughs> I am I currently have a golf goal myself. So I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But uh, last question here, Kate, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think we ever get to that best version of ourselves. And, and I also think that the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is going to be a little bit different than the way that you get closer to the best version of yourself. So the last question is for you personally, if there are three things that you could currently do or three things that you could currently work on to get closer to the best version of you that you could possibly be, then what are those three things that you could currently do or currently work on? Am I allowed to say giving myself grace? Cause that's, that's a, a real work in progress. But I think that taking some of that pressure off myself ultimately makes me a better person in each moment because it just overall a more relaxed and genuine outlook when it's not filled with tension or or pressure of a situation. Hmm, This is a very tough question. (laughs) I said, give myself grace. I think pushing myself out of my comfort zone a little bit, it's easy to get into a routine routine of, of what you know, what you love, what you're comfortable doing. So I think pushing myself to try new things and, and maybe that's just a new activity. Maybe that is 
forcing myself to go out a lot more because I like to be, you know, a bit of a homebody. But I think, I think forcing myself to try new things. I just recently traveled and some of those days I traveled alone. So I think that was a good challenge and, and you, you grow a lot as a person doing new things. Um, and so maybe that could even be with friends here in Nashville, a lot of different things. But I think forcing myself to get out and try, try new things, new experiences, new work opportunities, not closing doors is a big one because sometimes it's easy. Well, it's always easy to stay in your comfort zone. Hmm. Third thing. I think that I've been very busy lately and I've used that as an excuse. So I would like to up my hours volunteering for different charities. And I think that in that, specifically the people that you meet through volunteering change your outlook and perspective on life. And I think they enrich your life more than you realize. So I'm going to put that on my list because I think giving back to the community actually gives you way more than you have output every single time. So I need to prioritize that moving forward because I think that's one of the best ways to grow into a really, really great person. Well, those were uh, three great things today, Kate. I, I love what you said with your dad's message of passion drives performance. That was awesome. You know, everybody make sure that you take down some of the notes that she talks about today that everything's not going to go as planned. So when it doesn't go as planned, don't let it shock you. Don't let it be unexpected. Realize that that's okay. And then continue to be nimble and find ways to, to take action and, and control what you can control. Like Kate talked about when she, when COVID happened, she, you know, didn't have the job that she thought she was going to have. And so she shot out this talent coach and she's made the most of the situation and has grown a lot because of it. So make sure you guys have those notes down so that you take action accordingly. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. But Kate, that's all we got today. Appreciate you joining. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Man, that was good. There were so many great little nuggets of wisdom that Kate shared here today. And I hope you got them written down somewhere or at least have them in the notes section of your phone. That's one of the things that I've started to do a lot recently. One of the things that I do most is listen to podcasts when I'm on long car drives. Those of you guys who know me well, who follow me well, I drive down to Chattanooga one time a week and I'm in the car for four hours every single Monday. And I'm always listening to podcasts. And when I'm listening to podcasts and getting nuggets of wisdom, I pull out the notes section and then I record the notes via voice recording, via my audio recording, because that really allows me to digest it even further and it gets it down on paper so I can take action on it moving forward. But make sure you share the episode with a friend or family member, especially if somebody's struggling to give themselves grace or if they struggle emotionally when they are going through things that are not according to plan. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast to help them get through those difficult situations. And remember, try to lean on the positives. Try to find light in the tough and even brutal situations sometimes. I mean, it's absolutely tragic that Kate has lost both of her parents at this stage in her life, but she can still look back on it and find some light in the darkness. Now, I know that's a lot easier said than done, but she still feels very lucky for all the, quote, extra time that she had with her mom after her original diagnosis. And she still brings around so many great lessons from them with her on a daily basis. If Kate is able to shed light on this situation to help her get closer to her best self, then I think we can all find a way to shed light on our situations as well. But for now, it's time. It's time to show up and show out. It's time to make every day count, to be okay when things don't go as planned, 
to lean on others for support and guidance because it's those things that will continue to get you closer and closer to your best you.